0: Hello there, coming to you with all the technology of a cell phone from my backyard. I said it once, I'll say it again. There are not a lot of Sundays left on which I'm going to be able to come and sit out here with a hot cup of coffee next to my garden and do this podcast. So I'm enjoying them as they come. Today's supposed to be beautiful though. That's the thing, I actually interviewed for my job in Rochester in early October when I originally got, got the, uh, well I got transferred here, but I still had to come and kind of do a formal interview. Um, and it was early October and it was, I remember it was like 80 degrees outside and I, I, you know, was thinking like, oh my God, I just had such a good impression of Rochester, 80 degrees in October. Everyone was out and about. We ate and drank outside that day. My, uh, future boss at that time took me outside to the old Tex-Mex on, uh, East Alexander next to like the daily, I think now. And, um, vinyl, remember vinyl, the nineties, is that, is vinyl still going God, vinyl was fun. I had some fun nights at vinyl. I don't know why I had this memory this week, but I was having this memory of one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever done. Before I tell you this, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. And I just want you to just, just think to me, before you judge this. Uh, have you ever done something that you look back on now and you just cringe over it? And in this case, it's going to be just a social awkward moment thing that I did, thinking somehow that I, that this was okay, that this was good, that this was going to like make me friends. <laughs> And instead I look back and I go, why, why did I do that? Oh my God. So embarrassing. Okay. I know you have one in your life too. So it's early on. I've just moved to Rochester. I've probably been here for a month or two. I have no friends. I know zero people. I have a studio apartment. I live on East Avenue and I am essentially just going to work. Uh, So I live right on East. I live in uh, the actual apartment building I lived in was 1600 East Avenue Apartments. Kind of a big apartment building. Really nice. Kind of bougie. had like a beautiful carpeted like brand new apartment. Again, it was a studio apartment. But I had an indoor garage. We had an indoor like movie theater, a gym. uh, uh, I had a tiny little kitchen in my apartment. But there was a big huge kitchen that we could sign up to use downstairs. There was a literal concierge. And at the time, the... the, um, Place had like a big giant DVD library, you could rent movies from the apartment. It was crazy. I paid $767 a month, and I basically had just a little one room and a bathroom. Right? It was a studio apartment, but it was like a million amenities. It was really nice. But anyway, every single day, all I did, and I only lived there for one year, by the way, because after a year, I was like, I'm not using the amenities. Like, I'm not using the gym or the movie theater. Like, I'm not doing any of this. And I'm paying $800 for want to live in one tiny little room. And uh, you know, it was it was. I was. I eventually moved on. And got a nicer. Well, I shouldn't say nicer apartment. I actually got what was a worse apartment on Culver Road, but it was bigger. Now I had a one bedroom apartment and I had a little porch, and I felt more and, and an actual kitchen and stuff. So, and I paid six hundred dollars a month as opposed to the eight hundred I was paying to live in the bougie little room on East Avenue. Anyway, that's not what I planned on telling you about. But it was early days. Been here for two months. And uh, no friends. Pretty much my days consist of wake up, go to work, leave work, go to East Ave Wegmans, buy something to make for dinner, come home, eat dinner, and then either watch TV or play video games until I went to bed and then went to work again the next day. That was pretty much it. That was all I was doing every day all day. It's kind of wasting away, to tell you the truth. And later, when I did start a business, it was that lifestyle that kind of motivated me because I, I, I always... I mean, I spent a while doing it. Probably I spent... A good couple of years even as i did start to make friends and did start to have a little bit of a social life in rochester i still spent a couple of years spending the majority of my nights this is before i even worked for the brother we show when i was just doing top 40 radio really was working sort of a pretty traditional nine to five hours and i was just going home eating dinner and then watching tv until i went to bed at night and um It was that that kind of motivate, like that uselessness, feeling that useless and feeling like I had accomplished so little every day was kind of what ended up starting to motivate me to start a business. But any, the whole point I'm trying to get to you is this cringy story. So I've been here for two months and I decide I got to go make some friends. Right? I got nothing. I got nobody. There's nobody. I I know nobody here. All my friends back home are hanging out every night. You know, most people at that point aren't married yet, no kids yet. I'm just missing out on a lot of fun. And I'm like, I'm going to go make some friends. So I decide I'm going to go to Easton Alexander by myself. And my whole theory here is I'm just going to get a drink. I'm going to go sit at a bar, whatever bar I find. I'm going to go sit at a bar and I'm going to get a drink and, uh, you know, get one or two in me. Uh, and eventually I will, um, you know, just start talking to people once I get a little liquid courage going, right? Uh, again, now today I don't need that liquid courage. I'll talk to anybody about anything, but at that point I'm a kid still. I'm 24 years old, right? I'm nervous. So I, here's the cringeworthy part. I mean, going out solo to try to make friends, like purposely just saying, I'm going to go out and make friends now in and of itself, is kind of cringeworthy, but I did do one particular thing that made it just extra cringeworthy, and that is what I decided to wear. I decided it would be a really good idea to wear a backwards baseball cap, alright, not terrible yet, right, jeans, alright, so far so good, right, okay. And on top, nothing other than a LeBron James jersey. (laughs) Just a LeBron jersey. That was it. That was my move. That was my play. I'm just going to wear a LeBron jersey down to Easton Alexander. Um, You guys know me now. I'm fat and out of shape. But back then, I was in good shape. So, you know, I thought, oh, and I had like a big gold (laughs) chain. I can't, can't even say it out loud. I had like a big gold chain. With an emblem of Sardinia at the end. So I'm wearing and I wore an Ohio State Buckeyes hat. So I'm like, I'm gonna wear all these things that are gonna be great conversation starters. Oh yeah, people will ask me about my chain, and it's got the island of Sardinia on the end, and I'll be able to look at them and say, Yeah, I used to live in Sardinia. Voy parlare Italiano come? You know, like let me let me show them I can speak some Italian. And the LeBron jersey, yeah, I'm from Ohio, man. We got LeBron. Ask me about that. Right? And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Buckeyes hat. Oh, yeah, I am from Ohio, man. I'm an Ohio guy. You want to talk about being from Ohio? I got everything you ever wanted to know about Ohio. That's what I'm. Th- I'm like, oh, pff, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <clears throat> By the way, no Uber yet. Taxis, but I don't think I ever figured out how to use a taxi. Period. Ever, even when th- that was the only option. So I just go out of my apartment. I literally walk. What I thought would be five minutes ended up being like 15 or 20 minutes. Like It's way too long of a walk to get down to the bars. I walk in, and of course in my head, in my fantasy, I'm going to scoot right up, take a seat at the bar. Oh, and by the way, I'm 24, so I know better than to go out at 7 or 8 o'clock. So this is like 11 p.m. I go out. I think I'm just going to scoot right up to the bar, grab a seat, grab a drink, and the people next to me are going to look at me and go, hey, you look like a cool guy. Tell me about that gold chain. (laughs) And instead, what kind of happens is I get there 15 minutes later, pissed and tired because I just walked two miles. And then uh, I walk in, and, of course, the bar is just so insanely jam-packed that there's, like, no place at the bar you're going to sit it's just not happening and i just end up kind of standing awkward i decide I find a spot where maybe it's only two layers deep at the bar and i go and i just kind of stand there and then you got to do that 10 or 15 minutes before any bartender will pay attention to you to get you a drink order and you know so you're just standing there literally with nobody to talk to you don't have a drink in your hand you don't have a seat you just kind of stand in there in your LeBron jersey, your backwards Ohio State cap, and your stupid freaking gold chain. Just kind of waiting for something to happen. <laughs> and I think I finally got a drink. Pretty sure I ordered my go-to when I was 24, which was like Miller Lite or something. And I stood there, I drank my Miller Lite, and I said, now it's going to happen. Everyone's going to talk to me. And I just looked around, and literally nobody even cared that I existed. <laughs> And <laughs> so, so, um, I think at the time, I'm trying to remember what, I think I made one little attempt, I think there was TVs, I think I might have been in either Murphy's Law or whatever was there right before Murphy's Law, I can't remember exactly, or no, across the street from Murphy's Law, where, um... Anchor bar yes that 's exactly where I was, where not anchor bar, but where uh, right now there 's a club there, Louis Mayer owns that club it's it 's like private rental only it 's on the corner of Easton Alexander, but the exact opposite corner of murphy 's law. It was a bar that was open to the public at the time, and i 'm pretty sure. I, they had a couple TVs, they had some sports on or something, and I want to say maybe NBA was on, and, um, and I think I, I eventually said, well, you know, hey man, like, you gotta start this conversation, so I eventually tried talking to somebody, I said something like, you know, the Bulls, hey, that you know, the Cavs play the Bulls next, next weekend, you know, that was it, that was my whole line, and these couple of, like, dudes that I said that to just kind of looked at me like, cool man, and then just went back to their own thing, I went. I was so embarrassed. I think I was there a total of a half hour. I think I chugged the last half of my Miller light. I put it down on the bar, and then I was like, Well, I've got super important things I gotta go do, so I'm gonna just I I gotta get out of here, you know, someone's waiting for me, but and literally walked out and walked right back to my apartment. (laughs) And I was just like, that didn't go well. That didn't go well. (laughs) Oh god cringe so cringe well anyway welcome to the podcast thank you for listening thank you for being my friend as you can see it's like pulling teeth for me to make friends so kind of a tough Sunday morning here I'm making lasagna this morning anybody who knows me knows that that means that uh somebody close to me has passed away in this case not somebody that I know but a friend of mine whose mother passed away way too early I think she wasn't even 60 yet in her late 50s um and uh, a bacon lasagna. Um, that's my. kind of my, my thing, I guess, when, when somebody close to me passes away. Um, I bought it, you know, so I'm making two lasagnas. So it's basically my move is not only to make lasagna in the case where I, you know, somebody is grieving, but also then in that case, if I'm going to buy all the stuff to make lasagna and I'm going to set up my kitchen to make lasagna, then we're going to make two lasagnas and we're eating lasagna too. So that's good. So we're having lasagna today for the Bills slash Browns game later. There's already some negotiation going on in my household over who's going to watch what on what TVs last week. We watch the Bills on the big TV, and I watch the Browns on my phone. Now, I will say with NFL Sunday Ticket being on YouTube TV, it's a little nicer in terms of being able to watch the NFL Sunday Ticket on something other than just regular TV. Because YouTube TV works really well on your phone, or it's really easy to put on other TVs. So, like, my upstairs TV, if I wanted to watch it in bed, I could always just watch it up there. Or, like, any laptop, whatever. We'll work fine to watch the uh, games on, but yeah, so we're trying to negotiate that. Anyway, there will be lasagna. This, uh, this poor girl whose mother passed away is dating a guy in town who works at a couple of pretty high-end uh, food and drink joints, so I'm feeling a lot of pressure to <laughs> make it like a really good lasagna. Um, last night... I actually decided just because of traffic, I was getting impatient and I didn't have a lot of time and I was heading down Monroe Avenue and I know it's only like another three or four minutes, but I actually just pulled into Whole Foods instead of going to my usual Wegmans because I just, just for whatever reason, traffic just wasn't freaking moving. And I was like, I don't like. I just I feel like I could shave twenty minutes off my trip if I just pull in and do my grocery shopping here. Problem is, Whole Foods doesn't have a lot of the stuff that I want. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, but they have different stuff. Yeah, but I don't know. They got we- like like one of the things for my lasagna is beef, pork, veal. Those are my three. They don't sell veal at Whole Foods, so it's beef, pork, and chicken today is what I got to do. So you know, it's little stuff like that where I'm going, hey, hey, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Oh, by the way, happy anniversary to me and my wife. Yesterday was our seventh anniversary, September 30th, 2016. We got married on the rooftop at the Strath. We celebrated this week uh, with two things. On Thursday night, we actually went on the Colonial Bell, and they had a special uh, uh, canal cruise on Thursday night where they brought on a band, which they do once in a while. But in this case, it was a band that is near and dear to our heart, and that is Jumbo shrimp. We love Jumbo shrimp. Jumbo shrimp actually played our rehearsal dinner back uh, in 2016, and um, and they were the entertainment on this canal cruise. And so it was it was really really special actually to uh, to to see them. They are so good. If you don't know Jumbo shrimp, they're just they're a duo, and they are just so good the their, their music is right up our alley you know it's kind of like um they do everything from a little bit of current pop stuff but they do a lot of sort of like just old older kind of pop like from the from the 90s the 20 the 20s and the 2010s just kind of like just a really good selection of pop music from those years so love watching jumbo shrimp they're so good and then our actual anniversary which was yesterday saturday um we uh, both went to work <laughs> I went to the plant, she went to Redbird And by the way, when we get to the business section of this podcast I have my usual, like, kind of what went well and what didn't go well this week But I have one for Redbird, too, that I want to share with you Because I usually don't share stuff with Redbird Because I'm not quite as involved there But anyway, um, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the actual anniversary was spent at work for both of us We reconvened in the afternoon at home And then we went to see the new Paw Patrol movie at the Webster Theater, <clears throat> which was really, really cool. It was a lot of fun. ton of kids there. Probably wouldn't wouldn't have been as weird if we had brought our son, but I'm kidding. Of course we brought Leo. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> it was all about him. He, uh, you know, listen, I mean, it's our anniversary. We love each other, and and we got to spend Thursday night having our sort of adult anniversary night. But, you know, our our whole thing is about the love of our family, right? It's like Leo is the centerpiece of our family, so... Of course, if given the opportunity to celebrate our anniversary, we want him involved. So that's how we did it. And then we went to a restaurant I've never been to. Charlie's Restaurant in Webster. Right there on whatever the main road there is in Webster. Charlie's Restaurant. I I had never been. Driven by it a million times. Didn't know anything about it. Ryan said she went there a bunch when she was a kid. Uh, It's kind of like... It's kind of cool. It's kind of, it's basically a fast food restaurant, but it's also got, like, some Bill Gray's elements to it. But there's one thing, like, the food, I would say, is very comparable to, a, to like, a Bill Gray's, right? But the actual ordering process is very, like, old school. You basically walk up to a big counter where they got a bunch of people working. Somebody says, can I take your order? Taking orders over here. Who needs to put an order in, right? And you walk up to somebody. <clears throat> you give them your order. They say, cheeseburger, fries, milkshake. They turn around and they go, I need a cheeseburger, fries, all day. The chef goes, cheeseburger, fries, all day. Heard. (laughs) It's just so old school. I loved it. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was our anniversary dinner. So it will always have a special place in my heart. Um, And then what else I want to tell you before we get to um, business stuff, one other thing is that I fell for a scam this week, too. Kind of. Kind of. So it was a myth. I fell for a myth. I was on TikTok, and I was scrolling, and I came across this video you may have seen of a guy walking up the stairs, and then he turns the corner, and at the exact moment he turns the corner, he he basically is now one story lower than he used to be. Uh, how do I even explain it? It's If you type in, you, because I know I'm not doing a good job of explaining it. if you type in RIT Mystery Staircase, you'll get you'll get what I'm talking about. But it's basically a guy who says he's found this stairwell where no matter how many times you go up a flight of stairs, you end up back on the same floor and then if you click on it because of course at first you're looking at it going well that's not real that can't be real it's your first reaction and so you click on it and then there's all these videos of people explaining it and being like well here's how it works it actually is a it's an illusion because what you think you're doing and going up but in reality you're you're really just going straight and then and the same thing when you think you're coming down you're you're still just kind of going straight and so you start to buy it because there's all these people breaking it down on how it's really just like like uh it's just the the angle that you're looking at it makes it look weird it's actually so anyway I am like almost buying it I'm like 95% ready to buy it I'm like this yeah I think it's real I think it's cool and I finally watch a video where the guy introduces the video by saying at uh, the Rochester Institute of Technology they have this staircase where you can and I go wait this is in Rochester because up until that point I'm like this could be anywhere but it's in Rochester. So I text my friend Simona, who works at RIT, and I go, is this real? She writes me back and goes, yes. But then she gives me a weird emoji where it's like the, the smiley face with the halo on top, like the angel, like, like a halo over the smiley face. And I'm like, what the F does that mean? So I write her back and I go, can I come see it? And she's like, sure. It's in the Gannett building or something, you know. And I go, great. How's Wednesday? <laughs> this is me and my absolute like ADHD, I guess, kicking in because I'm like, wait, I've got an extremely full schedule, a family, a business, multiple employees. There's no way I can just get there on Wednesday, but I got to see this staircase that I saw on RIT. Can I come on Wednesday? <laughs> like just kind of crowbar this absolute unnecessary thing into the middle of my day. And that's when she comes clean, and she goes, no, it was a student project. The whole project, the base of the project was, can I create a myth? So the guy did this thing, came out with this video, even even engineered some of the explanation videos to kind of prove that it's just all a myth, <laughs> to that he could start a myth or convince people of a myth. And then I was like, ah, come on. I, <laughs> I almost fell for it. All right, business crap. Let's get into it. Positive, negative, negative. And, and, and then a, a, an extra. So my positive for the week was that I had a call this week with a company called Unilever. Do you know Unilever? Unilever's a big company. They own a lot. I mean, big, big brands. Unilever owns, like, for example, this call had to do with uh, the brand Hellman's and Hellman's Mayonnaise. That's the caliber of brand that Unilever owns. They own some of the biggest brands in America, brands that have been around for decades and decades and have just led their categories for a really long time. And it's not just the idea that I had a call with Unilever that is my positive of the week. It's the fact that I had a call with Unilever on which they had two sales reps there. I downplayed our buying power. I was kind of telling them, I'm like, yeah, you know, you guys are Unilever, and I, I highly doubt that what we're talking about here is significant in any way, but here's what we're looking for, and I told them. And, and they both kind of came back to me, and they were like, no, that's, that's significant. You know, that's, yeah, that's pretty significant. Because they're used to selling to restaurants, you know, so they're selling to distributors who are selling back to restaurants, so they're used to selling a case or two at a time, so when we're, you know, talking about four to six pallets at a time, that was significant, so I don't know, I guess my positive was like that confidence of, of, you know, when you hear a company like Unilever, I also had a phone call with John Ledestri Jr. this week about something else too, and I'm starting to go, holy shit, right, like, and then and then there was another call with a company I can't name because we do business with them. So we have a confidentiality agreement. But they're a big company you've also heard of. And I'm sitting here, and, and, that's, and that doesn't even include our work with local big companies, right? So I'm sitting here kind of looking going, at what point did we start swimming in the same pond as the people that I've spent the last bunch of years looking up to? Because instead of just looking up to them and asking them what their day, days are like, what their jobs are like, now we're we're collaborating on things. It's just this pinch yourself moment. It's like I don't know how to explain it. Well, today's the last day of baseball, right? Happy last day of baseball. But I guess I'd explain it like you know, you play baseball for so long, and you look up to the pros, and you say, uh, "Hey, um, man, what's it like to be a pro?" And then all of a sudden, one day, you look around on the field, and you're you're in a you're playing with a couple of pros. Right, it's just interesting. I don't know. That's how it felt. That's kind of my positive. My negative was a somewhat uh, frustrating moment where about three months ago, a company reached out to us, who we do business with all the time, right? A very, a, a very, uh, a, a good customer of ours reached out and said, "Hey, um, we will take three hundred cases of this thing." And the thing that they ordered was sort of uncharacteristic, you know. It was It was something that I told them. I went, even in that moment, I, I responded to that production order and said, "Are, are you sure about that? That's that's uh, a seasonal. That's out of season right now. Doesn't seem like something you would typically want or need. Um, you know, are again, are you sure that you want this thing? This this seems." Uh, Just not. It just seems uncharacteristic. This production order that you've sent us seems like an uncharacteristic order. Just making sure that you're sure before we make this. And I get the confirmation back, we're sure, that's what we want. And so I go, listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm never going to turn down a dollar, right? Make it. So we make it. We send it to them. Sure enough, a couple of months later, we get the email saying, hey, we've got these 300 cases of such and such laying around. Can you come pick it up? We're not sure why it's here. And I'm going, ugh. On the one hand, you're going, hey, you know, you can't complain. It's one of your biggest clients. On the other hand, you're going, well, you know, we'll donate it, right? There's plenty of, of food pantries in town. Right? I'm a Rotarian. School number eight has a food pantry. There's always Food Link. We'll donate it. I'll feel good about the donation. But on the third hand, like, you know, that's 300 cases of stuff that we fronted all the ingredients, materials, labor, and overhead on. And, and you know, just, just off of, like... I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how it ended up happening. Like, how did that end up happening? You know, it just kind of makes me want to think, like, just trust your instincts more. Your instinct was that that PO was out of place. That was your instinct. You knew that PO was out of place when it came in. Why didn't you push the issue further? You know, all I did was inquire. I should have pushed the issue and just said, it's out of season. We're not making it right now. And instead, I, I, you know, we, we sort of bent over backwards to get it made. And sure enough, turns out it was a mistake to begin with. So, tough. Here's one, too, from uh, from Redbird Market. So, anyone who doesn't know Redbird is in Fairport. My mother-in-law, wife, and I own Redbird Market. My mother-in-law is the day-to-day person in charge there my wife is kind of i would say maybe they're about half maybe a quarter to half the time uh or involved in operations and i'm involved in like literally one percent of it like i pretty much just occasionally answer a question via text on my opinion on something and then we have about two meetings a year where we just go out to dinner and, and kind of go over numbers and, and stuff like that. So that's really all my involvement is with Redbird Market. Also, I'm constantly referring my own clients, new products, you know, cool products, things I think are good. I kind of have a, a little bit of a of an edge on that because I am a co-packer. So a lot of times with local items, I am seeing things or making things that aren't really well-known publicly yet. And so I'm able to tip off Redbird Market and say, hey, we just made this really cool whatever You guys should really carry it at Redbird. And so we'll be ahead of the curve on some things sometimes. So anyway, this week we had, my mother-in-law, I should say, had an issue where a woman uh, came in and wanted to buy some shoots apple cider um, and thought that our price was too high. And uh, my mother-in-law, eager to please was fully prepared to drop the price for this woman, first of all, and said, okay, I'll sell to you for that price. You know, just sort of didn't like being challenged at all on the price, so immediately folded to this customer, and then began marking down the rest of the cider to say, well, it must be too expensive then. And I got the chance in this case to be the sort of the person with the wisdom. As someone who's been selling $6 and now $7 pasta sauce for years, you can imagine I have dealt with people telling me my product is too expensive the entire time. That's always been one of the things I've dealt with. And yeah, early on, I did wonder hey, how do I like how do I make these people happy? Right? What do I do? What what do I do? People are telling me it's too expensive. What do I do? And basically, I've only in the last few years gotten good at it, wasn't good at it for the first year or two. A lot of times I would offer bulk discounts. Hi, Leo! Leo's playing in the porch next to me here Let me take a quick cup of coffee here Hi Leo, I love you And um So yeah, so anyway For the first couple of years I would offer bulk discounts So instead of just telling somebody Oh yeah, I'll drop that price for you I would say something like Well, if you buy two jars Or three or four jars Or whatever I will give you, you know, a dollar off each jar, but you got to buy four or something. So that would be my compromise early on. Now, later on, we still offer that kind of stuff, like bulk discounts or anything like that. But I'm a little bit more likely to just firm up and kind of defend my price now. And not even defend it, just kind of say something simple like, yeah, you know, $6 is a lot of money to you. I completely understand. It, It may just not be for you. And, um... I've also heard, gotten some good advice over the years. I mean, I had one, one time, one of my mentors told me that they have found, this guy actually works for Cornell, and he told me that they have found through research that roughly, and this is not a, a really good scientific metric, but he said, you know, roughly if one third of people think your price is too high, you are priced just right. If it's two thirds, you may be a little expensive. And obviously if it's three thirds, then you're in big trouble. Um, And if it's zero-thirds, if nobody's even batting an eye, then you're probably priced too low. But one-third is about right. If about one out of every three people tell you they think you're too expensive, you're probably priced about right. And the other two don't bat an eye, right? Well, in this case at Redbird, this was, you know, we're buying, I can't remember the exact number, we're buying like 20 or 30 gallons of this apple cider a day. And it sells, and the tw- say it's 20 gallons, 19 out of the 20 people didn't even bat an eye. They just buy the cider for whatever price it is we're selling it at, whatever markup we're selling it. And it is like a dollar more than what you would pay at Shoots, but you also don't have to go to Shoots, right? Shoots is in Webster. So if you want to go to Shoots, great, go save yourself a dollar, but here it is for you in the village of Fairport. You don't have to go anywhere else. We have it for you. Pay us an extra dollar for the effort we had to put in. By going to get this apple cider from you for you from Webster, so um, my mother in law just kind of had just you know so eager to please, just didn't really want to defend the price, and so she did. And so I was, I didn't like that, you know. And I told my wife. My wife then told her, um, I just some of my tricks on defending price, and one of the best ones I heard was this. And it would have worked in this situation. And it's uh, a business owner that I know. (coughs) Actually, no. I shouldn't say that I know this business owner. It's a business owner I know of who I listened to on a podcast who actually credited this to one of their employees. So this person owns a deli where they sell meats and sandwiches and things like that. People walk up to the counter. You order, you know, a pound of ham, pound of roast beef, whatever. And he said that he heard one of his employees Give this response And that he just thought it was the best response He'd ever heard and he uses it Going forward and it was a woman walks up And orders roast beef And it's $3.99 a pound And the employee gets her the roast beef She looks at it and she says $3.99 a pound I can get this for $2.99 a pound At Publix and the employee Just looks at her And just says you can that's it. That's the whole response. Just, yeah, you can. She says, uh, she didn't know what to do. She says, well, we'll have a, 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 a. ham, ham. What about the ham? You guys are charging $3 a pound for ham. I can get ham for a dollar and a half a pound at Publix. Then again, without batting an eye, the employee looks at her and says, you can. And this business owner said he watched the whole thing, said his employee was just very respectful it wasn't like a it wasn't like a dickish like yeah you sure can can't you? no it was just a very simple helpful with a half a smile you can you can yeah you can go to Publix and get that yeah go ahead like you know yes you're right you can and i shared that with my wife who shared it with my mother-in-law just to say you know look if if somebody comes in and says i don't want to pay x For this apple cider, because I know I can go to shoots in Webster or I can get this elsewhere. I can find cheaper cider. I don't want to pay this for cider. Simply help them. Tell them they can. Let them know. Yeah, you probably can find cheaper apple cider out there. Yeah, I totally get it. But don't drop the price. So that was that. Okay, a couple other things before I wrap up because I do got to go get these lasagnas made. Uh, one thing is uh big shout-out to Kelly Metris, owner of Selena's. Uh, she was the um, speaker at this Tuesday's Rotary Lunch in, but we actually did Rotary on the Road, so we went to Selena's and had the lunch in their event space, and she was a great speaker, and I am very looking forward to speaking at their conference, which is coming up in Buffalo in uh, mid-October. If you look up Bossy Rochester, B-O-S-S-Y Rochester, you'll see a bunch of information on the front page there about their three-day business Uh, A a seminar that they're holding And I'm excited to be speaking on day three of that The other thing I want to talk about is events And uh, a little exclusive So we do have a brand new brand coming out very soon And an entire new line of things coming out And um, there's a little preview of those things going on right now Completely impromptu, completely unadvertised Just out of nowhere And that is happening at the McKenzie Child Arts Festival And the Hilton Apple Festival today You will know it when you see it You will know it when you see it. But we have booths at both festivals today. By the way, that Mackenzie Childs Arts Festival, if you're an arts festival type of person, that is your jam. Holy cow, that is an amazing arts festival down there. But Hilton's great, too. And then next weekend, we have the Letchworth Arts Festival, which is Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Don't forget, that one stretches three days all the way into Columbus slash Indigenous People slash Italian American Day. So um, that one is a good one too. And we will have that exclusive for you there as well. Okay. I think we did it right. Go Browns, go bills, go lasagna. Let's talk next week. Love you.